please. We're friends to the end. Remember? This is the end, friend. <laughs> That's right, you read the title and description correctly. This is Child's Play 1988. The show just ended, so I think it's a good time to blast through the Child's Play franchise. And we're also completing some of the missing pieces of the skeleton crew. We reviewed Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky. I think we even talked about the Child's Play movies in one of the Jump the Shark episodes. And I think we chose... Bride of Chucky as the Shark Jumper. Director Tom Holland, writer Don Mancini, stars Catherine Hicks, Chris Sarandon, and Alex Vincent. Brad Dorf, the voice of Chucky. Or Eden Gross, the nice voice of Chucky. And he was in a famous episode of Married with Children when Al borrows the library book. He was the version of Al as a kid when they did the flashback of that scene. So that kid's awesome. He was actually the, the good guy doll voice for Chucky Child's Play 1, 2, and 3. A single mother gives her depressed son a much sought-after doll for his birthday, only to discover that it is possessed by the soul of a serial killer. So when Don Mancini originally wrote the script, his original script toyed with the audience a little bit longer, making them wonder if Andy was the killer rather than Chucky. So I kind of wish they did do that, because I don't think they explored Andy's character enough. They kept making it pretty ambiguous, like was Chucky really talking at all? Because he kept having to whisper, even to the point where they were at that building when Chucky blew up his partner. Uh, even at that moment, Chucky whispered to Andy when they were out in the middle of nowhere, no one's looking at them. There's no reason for Chucky to whisper at that point. He actually got up and ran over to the apartment building five seconds after Andy put him down, after he whispered in his ear. So he had no reason to hide anything. So why he didn't just talk out loud to Andy, I have no idea. I mean, if he's going to whisper, why not just talk out loud? It ain't like you're trying to convince Andy that you might not be talking, right? So you're trying to convince the audience. So that was kind of um, trying a little too hard to uh, confuse us and make us wonder. But I guess it's good. But you wouldn't have really done that in real life. That's you trying to make us wonder if you're really talking, but if you're alone and in the middle of nowhere in an empty area, yeah, you would have just talked out loud. But that's neither here nor there, that's nitpicking. So before I get into the play-by-play -play of the movie, let's go over some uh, overall thoughts. So this was based on like My Buddy and the Twilight Zone episode, Talking Tina. I had a My Buddy. And uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. But uh, And now I have a Chucky doll, I have a good guy doll. He's sitting right next to me. You can see in that, that banner of mine. He's in that. He's in the dungeon with me. He has a little Santa hat on right now. And I have the Bride of Chucky. 
I got into Chucky. I guess I bought him last year in 2020. He was at the mall and it was only a hundred bucks and all the other ones I saw were like 500 or 400 and I was like, well, if it's in Spencer's for a hundred, I realize he doesn't look as good as the 500 ones, but like I said in another show, it ain't $300 better than this one. So, I mean, I don't look at him that closely, you know what I mean? So Brad Dorf kind of has the Bruce Campbell thing going on where uh, he doesn't have the character and delivery down yet. There's not enough one-liners like there eventually will be. And this is like a rare case where one-liners are welcomed. You know, it was the opposite with Freddy Krueger in the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. We kind of liked that character being dark and scary. It's nightmares. And this is a doll. You know, this works. Chucky being a wise-ass works. And he doesn't really reference pop culture, not that I remember, like, all that much. So that is why it works. When he's talking and saying, like, whimsical things, I picture Charles Lee Ray doing that. Freddy would have no frame of reference for any of this stuff, unless you could say, well, yeah, he does. The kids dream it, or the kids know it in real life. Now it's in their dreams, and that's how he sees it, and that's how he could reference Jaws and everything like that. But okay, I guess, but... As far as a viewer of a movie goes, yeah, it's more welcome here. But it's not happening in this movie. This movie is better if you want to see, like, an origin story rather than the Chucky you know and love. Because you're really not going to get that that much here. You know, Brad's delivery is just not very polished. He just doesn't have the same delivery. And a lot of people, they do like it because it sounds a little off-kilter and, and it, it's just not as iconic and charming yet. But it is a little weird. Like, even on the elevator, when he goes, what an ugly doll. He's like, fuck you. Like, that even was weird. It just didn't have that presentation that he eventually has when he understands his character more. When Brad Dorf understands the doll more or whatever. Andy Barkley is not all that impressive of an actor. And this movie is more... It's like an example of the movies are more about the character at first rather than uh, Chucky. Like, he doesn't, he, you know... For example, Michael Myers was more about Laurie and the teenagers, and then everybody realizes he's the star now, so now he's going to be left, right, and he's going to be, you know, Halloween 4 is very different than Halloween 1 or 2. Although Michael was arguably the star in Halloween 2 also. Not so much Halloween 3. But again, Nightmare on Elm Street was more about Nancy and everybody, and then it became about Freddy by the time you get to part 3. Definitely part 4. As for Chucky, Chucky's full name, Charles Lee Ray, is derived from the names of notorious killers Charles Manson, Lee Harvey Oswald, and James Earl Ray. They kind of combine them all together, and you get Chucky. It starts off with a chase. That's always a good way to open up a movie. Charles Lee Ray is running from Chris Sarandon, the cop. He falls into a bunch of good guy dolls in a department store. He knows voodoo. He's all shot up. He's dying, and he transfers his soul into a good guy doll. Andy, meanwhile, is obsessed with good guy dolls. He dresses up as one, he eats their cereal, but he cannot own the doll itself until today. Or so you would think so when you saw his reaction to that commercial. But yeah, no, that was just a weird reaction because he knew about the good guy doll for a while, and so did the mom. But you would think that it just came out the way he reacts to that commercial. But the doll is relatively new, so Andy isn't exactly obsessed with the doll as he is this giant, five-foot-tall, creepy-as-fuck host of a kid's program. 
You thought Mr. Rogers was creepy. Wait till you get a load of this fucking guy. Wow. You catch a little glimpse of him during the very first commercial they show while he prepares breakfast for his mom, and it sucks. So his mom gives him a big box that could easily be mistaken for a good guy doll box, but uh, no, she's a total douche. She puts a pair of pants in this gigantic box that a kid would be thrilled to open. Yeah, put pants and a shirt or whatever the hell else was in there. Like, wow, what a douche. Especially when you know the kid wants this thing. Don't you think you should be a little more considerate in the packaging? But the mom does come through and gets him a good guy doll for 50 bucks from a bum in an alley. So on Andy's actual birthday, he gets his own good guy doll. And its name is Chucky. And guess which one it is? Yeah, the one the serial killer possessed. So the mom's friend is gonna watch Andy because the mom has to work tonight. Aunt Maggie won't let Andy and Chucky watch the nine o'clock news, so Chucky hits Aunt Maggie in the head with a hammer. She goes flying out the window like 10 stories up and lands on a car. And what's awesome is if you look at her, she's like looking at herself as she sails to the ground and she turns her body so that she can land on her back when she gets closer to the car. <laughs> like at that point, I would just aim my head towards it. That way I could die instantly and not feel anything. You're not gonna feel anything, I think, regardless, right? So the cop thinks Andy killed his babysitter, with good reason. And I gotta ask you, why would Chucky tell Andy that his real name is Charles Lee Ray? You know, because kids are really good at keeping secrets. And it's not like he even told Andy to keep it a secret. Andy seemed to have no problem telling anybody about it. Wouldn't Chucky go, hey, listen, kid, just shut up about this, all right? I don't know why. I'm going to tell you all the information. Like, why would you tell him? Why does Andy need to know this? Don't you think this was... <laughs> I don't know. Mom lets Andy bring this gigantic doll into school with him, but he doesn't actually go to school. Instead, he has the means to take a train to Hackensack, New Jersey, which is an hour away from my house, by the way. Like I said, even though they're completely alone in the middle of nowhere, Chucky still whispers to Andy. Just odd. Chucky wants to go to this uh, strange building, which is abandoned, to kill his partner. I guess he ran out on him or something. I wasn't paying attention. But Chucky's pissed at him, so yeah. Chucky runs into the abandoned building, turns on the gas so that when the dude shoots a gun, the spark blows up the building and kills him. Chucky makes Andy look like a lunatic at the police station because he will not talk in front of the cop or the psychiatrist. They take Andy away for observation. Mom gets home with Chucky and discovers he's been talking this whole time without batteries. So now she suspects maybe he is real. He spins his head and says, Hi, I'm Chucky, wanna play? Freaking her the fuck out because he still has no batteries in him. He drops to the ground and rolls under the couch. And I think she's still wondering if he really talks or is really alive. She tells him to talk again or she will stick him in the fire. He attacks the bitch and bites the shit out of her and escapes the apartment. And it's a great scene. Chucky, like angry face Chucky is amazing. That whole like eyebrows angry and the, the mouth when he's yelling is just amazing. Those are the moments that you get into to Chucky in this movie. Like I said, he's not the Chucky you know and love yet. Certainly not the one on that TV show yet. But yeah, he has his moments here. 
But even still, like, when he's yelling at her, the delivery, I don't know, it's just a little off, I guess. Like, I don't think Brad Dorff found his voice yet. So the mom tells Chris Sarandon, of course he doesn't believe her, she goes to Skid Row looking for the bum who sold her the doll, in a weird montage of, like, silence, like she's talking, you don't hear nothing, people are nodding their head, shaking their head no. Not a very good montage. Nothing like in Rocky IV. She found the guy she bought it from, he goes to rape her. And the cop saves her. He's been tailing her the whole time. He tells her that Charles Lee Ray died in that store that night. The store that the bum got the doll from. She says that Chucky promised to kill his partner and that cop, so that means he's next. But he still doesn't believe a doll is alive. Chucky ends up in the back seat of Chris Randon's car, wraps a hose around his neck, and instead of hitting the brakes and stopping the doll, he just keeps driving and hitting everything in his path. He eventually uh, realizes the cigarette lighter popped out. That he realizes, but he doesn't realize he could hit the brakes. Pulls the cigarette lighter out, burns Chucky. Then Chucky starts stabbing through the seat. Awesome little uh, segment here. Then they realize that people would uh, start wondering why he doesn't just stop the car. So then they have Chucky push the gas pedal so that the car keeps going. Because we all know it would be stupid if the cop was the one doing that, right? Yeah, you know, like the last like 45 seconds. The car flips. Chucky is uh, trying to kill this guy still when the car's upside down. He gets shot, disappears, and now the cop is on board. Chucky talks to the voodoo man. I'm surprised they didn't cast Tony Todd as this character. Or the dude from The Shining. Why do they all look the same? <laughs> Chucky is turning human in that doll and now can get hurt and bleed. Gee, that was quick. You sure we have five sequels to this? Or six, or a show, or whatever? Chucky gets this guy John's voodoo doll. Why he has a voodoo doll of himself in his house? And why he would tell a serial killer where it is? Good lord. Why, why, why? But he did, I guess, at some point. So Chucky went and got it, and now he uh, can do whatever he wants to the guy to get information of how to save himself and what to do to survive. So Chucky breaks this dude's leg in the voodoo doll, and his leg just breaks. It is insane, the scene, and the sounds. Oh my god. Then he breaks his arm. I mean, ugh. It's brutal, till he tells him to transfer himself into the first body he revealed his true self to. Which, of course, was Andy, for whatever reason. Andy's locked up and freaking out. Yep, people think he's crazy and he's like in a 4x4 cell of some kind. Chucky gets into Andy's room, of course, to kill him, it seems, but, uh, yeah, am I missing something? But Andy escapes, Chucky meets up with him, the doctor tries to put Andy to sleep. While he's doing this, Chucky stabs his leg and gives him electric shock therapy, but turns it on to a voltage that probably shouldn't even be on this machine. Like, why would that even be there unless, unless it's like an electric chair? Andy gets home somehow to hide. Chucky's right on his trail. Chucky takes a bat to Andy's head, starts to perform voodoo on him, but then the mom and cop interrupt the spell, the cop gets all fucked up, the faces Chucky makes when he is angry and chasing after people, I, again, hilarious. 
The mom traps Chucky in the fireplace. Then you get to a great moment where he says, Andy, we're friends to the end, remember? And he goes, this is the end, friend. <laughs> then Andy drops the, uh, whatever, match or whatever to ignite the fireplace. Chucky is burned to a crisp, but still alive. And still going after Andy and mom with a knife. Mom blows his head off. And that really doesn't do much, so she blows his arm off, then his leg off, then that almost stops him, but not quite, so she empties two more rounds into his back, then it chokes out Chris Sarandon's partner. By the way, Chris Sarandon, if you guys don't know, is a total douche. I met him about five or seven years ago with a chick who was fairly attractive, and she was like showering him with compliments and the guy could care less he wasn't friendly or anything all he wanted to know was do you want a picture an autograph and uh how much more money you wanted to give for anything else that's it that's all he he was not personable not friendly not gracious not humble nothing he's exactly what you would think he is if you watched princess bride or fright night but anyway, he then shoots him straight through the heart, and the movie ends on a weird final shot of Andy. So what I did like about this is that they do make Chucky look like an actual threat and not just something where you would say, yeah, hey, this is stupid, why don't they just kick him across the room? Like, he does come off as a real threat in this movie. It does seem like he'd be a problem, especially if he's wielding a kitchen knife. All right, so one thing I gotta address is this whole approach to these special effects. <sighs> so sometimes they have, you know, the animatronics, which is the bulk of it with Chucky and, you know, there's no CGI yet in 1988. It's all practical, but they have little kids, they have midgets, they have the animatronics, and they try to blend them all together. And it is really weird sometimes. Like, there are just moments. I think one was when Chucky stabbed the dude when he was right Oh, yeah, when he puts, like, the uh, electrocution shock thing on his head, the band on his head. That's either, like, a midget or a little kid. And when Chucky runs across the hallway, I think that's, like, a little girl who's doing that. That wasn't so bad when he just showed the legs, I guess. But, yeah, there are times when they just have, you know real people doing these things and it didn't age well at all it's really awkward and odd and it kind of ruins the suspension of disbelief i i guess they couldn't do it with animatronics there's no choice but yeah i hope i don't see too much of that as i take this journey i don't really remember how they approach that whole situation with part two and three but yeah definitely not one of the better aspects of uh, child's play you know, there was a time when it would be weird to see Chucky like this, all pure and normal. But, um, you know, that all went away once you get to the curse and the cult of Chucky and then the show. He pretty much looks normal most of the time. But when you think of Chucky, what do you think of? Stitch Face Chucky from uh, Bride of Chucky and all that? And Seed of Chucky? Or do you think of pure, clean, good guy doll? Anyway, that's Chucky 1988. I'll try to zip through this whole franchise. So today is December 13th. Part 2 should be December 16th. But here's the problem. 
I did want to do a show where I kind of talk about my Friday the 13th fan film. I did do a commentary, but you know, there's some things you just cannot squeeze into that when you're trying to describe everything on the screen. So I did want to do a show, a podcast about that leading up to the video commentary. And I would try to say things I didn't say in the video commentary in this show. So where, oh, where would I squeeze this? Because I'd have to do that on the 20th of December and then release the commentary on the 24th, on the one-year anniversary of the movie's release. Then I could get back to Chucky on the 27th and 30th of December. So I might do that. So don't be surprised if today you're hearing part one, Thursday is part two, and then you don't hear part three till the 27th. Thanks for listening, and I will see you Thursday.